everybody. Welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast. We're really excited to be here today to do one of our interviews slash rankings that we've been doing with a few of our hall stars. And who better to do it than Christopher Paloha, one of the fan favorites. And I'm film critic Rachel Wagner. And Anna's here. Hey, everybody. Yes. And Chris, thank you so much for coming on and doing this. You're welcome, Rachel. Yeah. So how Hi. have you been? You know what? We, we have been um, s- sort of su- surviving and thriving during this time of COVID. We, um, we were on lockdown in Los Angeles, California in the middle of March. I was filming a pretty cool movie in February. It got shut down. But I got to be honest with you, my life is about to resume. Uh, I leave on June 29th to continue filming. And um, in the meantime, I was on during quarantine. I just kind of got bored and busy. And I ended up writing a children's book entitled How Are You Loved, which is currently being illustrated. And we're going to talk about how to, um, I've got an agent that's, that's looking to get it published. And so I think that that will hit the market next year. And then I also joined up uh, with a writer named Anna Gomez, um, who she and I are coming up with a series of romance novels. Yeah, I read that. Yeah, the Kona book series. Um, and the first, the first book of the series is called a moment like this moment like this. And, um, it's going to sort of be this awesome little series that takes place in uh, or on the Hawaiian Islands. So each book is probably going to take place on a different Island. Um, and we'll see how it goes. If it's, um, if people like it and they buy the books, then we'll keep writing more and more and more. Uh, and ultimately the goal is to take them from book to, to, from page to screen. And so. Uh, hopefully, I haven't talked to Hallmark about this yet, but hopefully take it to Hallmark and and uh, get a series of movies made out of the books. Oh, hey, I hope you, so. If you need like a, a good, good uh, excuse to have a business trip. It is a very good excuse. Yeah. Trip. Uh, <laughs> Rachel and Anne will have to come to Hawaii. Yes. Oh my um, gosh, I would die. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. You guys, um, because you've been so awesome and so loyal, I have a really awesome uh, Hallmark piece of news um, about something that happened over quarantine, but I cannot share it yet. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but when I do, uh, I will, I will, it will be a fun way to, we'll kind of, I'll let you tease the, uh, the information out to mm-hmm. the people because it's, um, it's something that just got bought and uh, is now in development with Hallmark and uh, it's going to be very fun and exciting. Yes. Oh, I'm so excited. Let us be the first. Don't let those guys over at Deck the Hallmark steal it. I know. Well, when Deck the Hallmark finds out, I'm going to give you guys a scoop. They're going to be come on, bro. Oh, they will. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give them something special. They'll have something else. We actually like your movies. Yes, <laughs> we like them. <laughs> See, Dan, you should have liked Yeah, that's holiday. right. <laughs> yes. Oh. Uh, well, how did you, do you, have you always been interested in writing or did this just kind yeah. of, yeah. Um, you know what, the writing aspect of it's always something I've just always done um, as a part of being an actor. Like I write character history and I'll write these like little sub, you know, character secrets or backstory. And so I've always written. And it's something that even in college, uh, in, in high school, I used to write short stories. Like one of my favorite subjects was English. And for every report, I would write a story or a screenplay or, um, and I was doing, I was getting away with that, you know, back in, I graduated in 95. So I think a lot of kids today are given the option of like a creative writing essay or something in turn, in, in, you know, in con, like in place of a research paper. But back in the day, um, that's just how I operated. I was like, well, what if I write you this really cool story about the time and place? And I use all sorts of specifics and, so it's just something that I've always, but I never considered myself a writer, um, which is like those people who have a really, you know, they can sing, but they don't consider themselves a singer because they get a little embarrassed or it's a little too fleshy. Yeah. And for whatever reason, acting was always my identity. And it was the thing that everyone accepted me as. And they're like, well, you're an actor. And so you get to go do this. But I've always had a desire to tell stories. And what I didn't know about myself and what I've learned as I've been in the industry and sort of grown up in the industry now is that what I really love doing is pulling together people who have much more talent than I do. So I still don't really consider myself a screenwriter because I think it's a really specific talent that um, 
sure, could I write a screenplay? Could I get good at it if I practiced? I'm sure I could. But there are people who are right now ready to go. But what I love doing is bringing those people together, which there's a name for that, and that's called a producer. And so all of a sudden I find that, you know, as I'm sort of launching into the second half of my life, um, that as much as I love acting, I really love pulling together a team and producing things. And so, um, again, Hallmark has been such an incredible place to work because I've sold, uh, I'm producing uh, something with a guy named Mike Larkin who did Rocky Mountain Christmas with me. And so we have a, we have a, a movie that's going to you know, be made for summer that's coming out. And then this movie that I'm going to break with you guys uh, I'm mm -hmm. producing it and it's just, it's, and it's really a lot of fun. So there's a writer being brought on board and I don't want to direct it. So there'll be a director brought on board. Um, I will be an actor in both of these things. And so oh, do you have a project yeah. that's coming out this summer? On well, we have, yeah, it's supposed it's, it's for, it's a summer movie. So it won't be this summer. summer. It'll be next oh, okay. summer. Yeah. Okay. I was yeah. gonna say that exciting, is a scoop. Exciting. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not, yeah. Um, so things are, you know, and and wow. and as I and yeah, and as I and as those stories, you know, mature for different, you know, as they're for different, you know, places. It, obviously, the goal would be to to produce things uh, across the board on different platforms and for different networks. And well, I feel like it's it's sort of the new modern way. You know, that's how it works for me. Like I have. I have the podcast. I have. I'm writing reviews. I, I'm, uh, you know, doing different things. Worked as a consultant for different things. I've done uh, all all these different things, and all together, it combines together to make enough for. Uh, I have I have a part time job, and I, I just feel like that's sort of the modern way. Is everyone has kind of a side hustle. Everyone has. Uh, and uh, you kind of make it all work together, but uh, but I love it because it keeps things there. I was not happy working in a cubicle twenty four seven. That was seven. that was yeah. miserable is it yeah. for me. So being able to kind of have sort of your freelancer lifestyle is definitely where I'm at. Different outlets, yeah, yeah, yeah. different outlets, and it's also just a different like you when you're young you know, and you're in your twenties or even your late teenage and you want to become a writer or an actor or, mm -hmm. you know, whatever it is that you want to get involved in. A part of the, the goal is, well, how do you go from not being a part of that industry at all and then getting into the industry? But then once you're in the industry, I think, you know, anybody given a certain amount of time and success is going to start looking around going, well, why I can do that too, or I can do that. Yeah. Or this is much fun as I thought it was going to be. And I'd rather do. And so I think as we mature and, and, you know, we should be allowed to change because also like, if I if you list off everything that you're doing, it all surrounds writing. It all surrounds, you know, doing what you do very well, which is, you know, you're a critic and that takes a very special talent to be able to look at something, see the good things about it, see the things where it falls short in a way that's sweet and, sets those people up for success next time around not everybody could do that and so yeah. like me like not everybody knows how to build a story like you're building mm -hmm. a kitchen for somebody like i couldn't remodel someone's house right. but there's a guy who you know mm -hmm. and that's the same thing you get hired originally to build the cabinet or to do the demo you work on a job site for a couple of years and before you know it, you're like you know i can do this i can actually do this and i can do it for you cheaper and i have a sense of craftsmanship and i think it's going to be better and so I think that's kind of where that's, I think that's a natural progression. Yeah. I also but, think the industry, yeah. sorry to interrupt you, Rachel. I also no, think the industry is becoming so specific that I would not be surprised within the next 10 years if, if I could start making my own movies and sell them directly to my audience. Mm -hmm. I have a feeling that the way that the industry is becoming so specific, like Netflix for Netflix, Amazon for Amazon, yeah. Um, you know, Hall, uh, Washington DC just lifted the Paramount Act, which was instated in like 1942, I think, where Paramount couldn't own theaters because they didn't want the studios to have a monopoly on how to distribute those same films. They wanted equal distribution across the mm -hmm. platform. And that's being lifted. So now all of a sudden, you know, Warner Brothers is going to have a Warner Brothers theater or Netflix is going to have a Netflix yeah. theater. It's going to be wow. so specific that like, if you're a fan of Christopher Palaha, and I can get a financer to come in and, and pay for a, you know, a slate of movies and people can buy those movies directly and stream them at home the way they, you know, would want to stream anything else. I can't see why, you know, and, and, and in a weird way, 
that's already happening with bigger name stars like Adam Sandler, who Netflix just paid a gazillion dollars for mm-hmm. to make in movies for Netflix. But yeah. Yeah. it would just be his channel, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the the whole thing of the uh like the the person who's like the Ford man who works at the Ford, uh, you know, they had a lot uh, that their whole life and they're, they're, you know, the sort of the company, man, I think that's kind of going away. And most people are kind of, I don't know, doing this more sort of hodgepodge kind of thing. Um, but then also, I think you're absolutely right about the theaters. I, I think that before too long we'll basically have sort of franchise theaters like the that you have with restaurants and you go to you know you go to pizza to get pizza you go to mcdonald's to get mcdonald's and basically i mean it makes sense think about it it would be so fun if you had a disney theater and you went and you could have mickey bars you could have it could be like a mini little specific yeah disney a little disneyland disney park Yeah. And you know that they would do like, let's just say for argument's sake, it's Lilo and Stitch. Right. You'd walk into that theater and they would do the entire, so you'd have this experience yeah. mm-hmm. that yeah. you would walk into and then you're going to be, and then you go into the movie, you come out, there's a gift shop, you buy the yeah. merchandise, there's a little cafe. Yeah. And they could even integrate it with Disney plus. So like, say you're watching Falcon and winter soldier on Disney plus, and then you go to a captain America movie and they would be, you know, combined. And so I don't know, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see it all, all pans out, but I'm not yeah. against it. And if you're an Amazon plus member, or if you're a Disney plus like elite member or whatever, you'll get an invite to the premiere where you'll meet yeah. the actors yeah. and you'll have like a whole experience. Wow. And they'll probably put the actors on a, so that they go across the country so that if you're in Nashville, you could do it. If you're in Utah, <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Like it really is going to become yeah. so like, because how else do you get people to go to theaters um, anymore versus just yeah. being in streaming? I know exactly. I'm worried about it. You have to have an experience to draw them. I think you're totally right. Yeah. 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 yeah I've been we covering a, the. Um, you need to find a. Yeah. No. I was just I've been covering the reopenings for our theaters here in Utah. Yeah. Uh, partly just to kind of help them out. Um, but uh, but it's. Yeah. I'm worried about it. But I, I could definitely see it going that way. But anyway, um, we're excited to talk to you about your movies. And what we decided to do is we decided to talk about the mysteries up front. And then, and then rank the other movies because we felt okay. like they were kind of their own thing. Okay. So, uh, so yeah. So, Plain Travis in Mystery 101, uh, what has that been like for you as an actor? You've had, a, now you had this, this kind of, a, it's basically like a series, like a television series, uh, as opposed to doing these individual movies and, uh, and uh, you know, getting to work with Jill and everything like that. And what has that experience been like for you? Um, so far, it's been really, really wonderful. We're, we've made five movies. Um, I know, and I don't think this is letting the cat out of the bag. We have three scripts um, ready to go. So the mm-hmm. record is lifted awesome. that we'll be able to sort of get right back into the swing of things or back on the saddle uh, and make a few more for the people who've been really, truly loyal and fervent uh, fans of this series. Um, this anthology and um, playing Travis as an actor has been a delight because I remember um, her name was Mary Beth Sprouse and she worked for Hallmark for a while. And now she's the head of Sony. Um, Sony has a sort of a, a faith series branch now. Uh, and she's actually heading that, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And um, it's actually very cool. And anyway, when she offered me the job, I said, okay, but I want to play him really like, I don't want him to be like a Hallmark. Um, <laughs> like he's not going to be like this dope do detective. Warm and fuzzy, yeah. Yeah, like kind of blundering through. Like he's going to feel, I want him to feel like a legitimate detective and I want to honor the genre. And frankly, I want to kind of create somebody that, that can stand alongside of all these other cool detectives that TV has produced because it really is a fecund genre. Uh, and I just thought, how fun would it be to enter that pantheon with a character? So Travis Burke, uh, I got a few calls when we were filming the pilot and they said, um, you know, you feel like it feels like we're watching a, a different network when you're on camera and we need you to tone it down a little bit. Like you feel like watching True Detective versus for Hallmark. And I said yeah. to Mary Beth, I said, Mary Beth, please just trust me. You've got to like, like you have to understand where he's coming from. 
he basically is an outsider entering into your world. And as he enters into it and settles into it, like you'll watch him thaw and you'll watch him relax and he'll become a part of that universe, like the Hallmark universe. Yeah. But he's not when he, on the, on the onset. He's not going to so start pilot, that. Yeah. Yeah. And so that pilot has to be like a legit cop who's rough and who's jaded and who's, you know, not trusting and who's dangerous and who's seen a ton of bad stuff in his life. And then as, as Amy's joy sort of washes over him, he's going to soften and he's going to enter into this world. And I said, plus you're going to take the audience on a ride that they're really going to love. And I said, just trust. And they did. <laughs> and um, I th they were, they were happy. I think that they did. And I certainly was happy that mm -hmm. they trusted me with them because you know, he's, he's a good character and it's a fun character. And, and, you know, being Jill's uh, leading man to, you know, the, the, the co-star, her leading lady, she uh, is just a really joyful and fun person to work with. So between her and the character, Amy, who's, you know, this really joyful, smart woman, uh, it's, a, it's just a fun uh, job to have. And I love being on something that people are really digging. I mean, I think we're their number one rated mystery and mm -hmm. I think our mystery uh, overseas has captured an audience. And so um, it's, it's actually a really cool thing to be a part of. So I'm excited mm -hmm. to see where it goes and what they do with it. Now that the, now that they've kissed, um, yes. you know, there's a little smoochy smoochy on record. Um, sorry, I'm, um, I'm curious to see where they take that relationship. And I've had a couple conversations. Heather Overton is now the woman in charge on the executive level at Hallmark. And so now we're, um, she's the, she's taking Mary Beth's spot. And so we've had a couple conversations about where the relationship is going to go and what's that going to look like. And so it's good. I think people are going to be pretty pleased. We're excited about that. Yes, I was you so excited about the kiss. I was like yeah. jumping up and down. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. It was really fun. Uh, do you have a favorite of uh, the mysteries you've done? Um, I, I have a least favorite, which I've told you guys before. <laughs> least the, favorite? The second one. I was like, what, what are we doing? Um, play one. Yeah, the play one. Yeah. Playing, dead. People, playing dead. I like I that one. But people have really liked it. And I yeah. think that it's, yeah, and it was kind of campy in the right way. And I think that it has aged better than like looking back on it now. I'm like, yeah, it wasn't so bad. But I think the one that we had the most fun with, the one that was sort of the, the one that launched the ship and we just, we were discovering things and we kind of was obviously the pilot episode. Um, Mystery 101. What, what would the name of that one have been? Do you guys know? Uh, first. Was it just mm. Mystery 101? I think it was just, yeah, just, did it have Something. a name? I'm trying to I don't remember. know if it had a colon. Yeah, like, it was just Mystery 101. I'm just, Mystery at least on IMDb. But uh, yeah, that one, there was a lot of carnage in that one. Yeah. <laughs> there really was. Then, like four people end up dying. Yeah, there was lots of arrests and lots of murder. We yeah. were like, what is this? So, yeah, like, <laughs> and it was just, yeah, it was a lot of fun to, and Blair Hayes was our director and he came up from LA and he just did such a wonderful job and we had all the right toys. We had a giant like Russian arm, which is this giant crane that, you know, gets to do all sorts mm -hmm. of stuff. And um, so it was cool. That, I think that would be uh, the, the birthing of Travis and Amy was probably my mm -hmm. favorite episode. My favorite is Dead Talk. First of all, I love the name. I think it's hilarious. Yeah. Um, but I also loved uh, Matthew James Dowden as uh, her ex, and you getting right. all jealous. Right. Uh, that yeah, was, was really, really fun. And he was a great interview. He's such an interesting person. He's had a crazy yeah, he's a life. He's yeah. a magician. He can pull a rabbit out of a hat. He's been a lawyer. He's, been, he's a magician. He's, he's from England. Like, he's just really did, he, really did he tell you that he performed a trick for uh harry prince harry i think i remember something like that yeah <laughs> he was he was awesome and i liked him in the in the uh in the role too he was fun and i i kind of wish they would bring him back because i thought that was a fun dynamic yeah. of you getting jealous <laughs> it was definitely <laughs> And yeah, wearing exactly. a tux and everybody was like working yeah. all fancy and that was nice it's something different yeah. too and yeah Jill well, was thing, a boss doing a TED talk. That was awesome. Yeah, it was I know, fun. She got to crush it. You know, the thing that was smart about that episode was that they took us out of garrison, which took away my authority and it took yeah. away that dynamic of like, I'm the, I'm the detective and she's not. 
And now we were both on equal footing. And so we were truly like teamed up, which I thought was, it's better for a dynamic because instead of me being like, Hey, stop, you know, it's like, yeah, let's, it's the yes. And versus hold on a second. I have to follow (laughs) protocol and um, which we were tiptoeing around the first couple of movies because it was like, I'm a cop like how you can't there's certain things you can't do and so we were always trying to justify it to make it make sense because mm-hmm. if you take it too far out of reality the audience is going to be like well this is stupid you know yeah and we're trying to keep that from we're trying to keep that from entering into the conversation mm-hmm. and do you have a favorite my favorite is the one he doesn't like <laughs> <laughs> mystery 101 playing dead I don't know why I just really really like that one I liked the theater dynamic. Um, I liked um, kind of, I kind of liked, like I, I rewatched the end uh, the other day at the marathon. Like you kind of have the light bulb moment go off. Like this woman really knows what she's talking about. Like she just made yeah. this person confess and she didn't even, there wasn't even speckled blood on the monkey's eyes or whatever. And I thought you guys had good banter in that one too. It was kind of after the first one, you're still like icy towards her, but you're kind of, kind of like starting to thaw like a teeny bit. And I don't know. I just really like it. You liked Very it. Good. No, I know. And that's the thing. I think, <laughs> I think it aged better than when we filmed it. We were like, I think Jill and I were both were like, wait a minute. What the heck is that? <laughs> we had all these expectations about what the second one would be like. Oh, yeah. Which were met, I think, in the third. And then we both mm-hmm. just calmed down and started enjoying the ride. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Which good. is always a smart thing to do. Yeah. Yes. Well, let's get started with the rankings. So we have six movies. And I know this will sound patronizing, but I really do actually enjoy all six of these movies. It's not just because you're a guest on this podcast. I, I, I like all, I would give a good, pretty good score to all six. So don't be offended by which one's the, the lowest. Yes, okay. please. Yeah, please don't. It's re- it was really like, honestly, like really hard. Like I say this and I'm like 100% honest. There's like, two Hallmark guys that my husband actually knows who they are and can picture them when I talk about them with one name. And you're one of yeah. those people. So yeah, I yeah. genuinely like all of these movies a lot. <laughs> so it was very hard to rank them. And I, yeah. I, I have to say also for me, I just like Christmas movies better. Yeah, that's hard to rank non-Christmas and the Christmas movies. The non-Christmas movies. Yeah. So right. for right. me to put here, a non-Christmas movie over a Christmas movie. Right, and there's two that aren't Christmas movies in this right. list. Yes, exactly. So this is hard. So I can I can tell which ones are going to be at the bottom of the list. <laughs> so you understand my methodology. So my number six is Stater's Handbook, and Same. so what I really like about this movie is. Um, Megan Markle and I are the same ethnicities. That's really cool to be able to see a leading lady that looks like me. That's my favorite thing about it. And I thought you and her had great chemistry. Um, What I didn't like was the other guy's character. He kind of drove me a little bit crazy. And because she was picking between both of you, they kind of showed him more than they would a regular other guy. Um, So I just wish they wouldn't have shown him as much and showed you guys more. That's kind of my only thing about it. But I think it's a cute movie. Yeah. 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 D- Dater's Handbook is also my number six. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we have not compared lists, so we don't know. <laughs> so this is all new. Okay. All right. Oh, uh, yeah. We don't yeah. know. No, we have not. And I think that it's a fun movie. I like that it's actually about dating. I don't think very many Hallmark movies actually talk about the process of dating and and uh, they just are your old friends or you knew each other from high school or, you know, kind of a thing. And you don't really like have the awkwardness of dating which i think is a fun element and you got to see the two different guys who are both like pretty decent guys like neither of you are horrible there's not a bad man of business which i appreciate and uh, i i didn't really love the side characters like her mom and sister were my favorite in the story also there was like no way that they were that she was their daughter i didn't think it looked yeah that was what was weird to me i'm like how is this girl your daughter like (laughs) That was weird. It was a little bit of a, uh, yeah, we, we talked about the sister role at least. We were like, well, why isn't the sister at least half black and half white? Yeah. Yeah. Be- <laughs> yeah. Like, it was- like, yeah, that was an odd, that was an odd beat. And we acknowledged that while we were filming it. We were like, yeah, yeah. that's good. 
Um, but that's really the only, I think it's perfectly cute and fun. And, and, uh, and I mean, you do, you do take her on a date to go to the gym, which would be <laughs> way down on my list of possible things. Yes, me too. <laughs> you, you, wait, ladies, you wouldn't want a, a, a suitor to say, come jog with no. me on a treadmill? No. Let's go no get sweaty And you destroy her <laughs> iPod. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. Yeah, I rip her, yeah, I, yeah, I record iPod. Robert was a mess. He was a hot yeah. mess. Um, I enjoyed, that was my first Hallmark movie. Oh, yeah. I thought it was going to be my last. My agent said, you know what, just come in and come out and do this thing and um, make your money and, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, you'll do your pilot in the pilot season and you'll have a series and off you go. And um, I did not expect that I would enjoy making these movies as much as I uh, did and what happens is you go on for three weeks you make your movie and then you're set for a little while um, and then if you're somebody who Hallmark you know wants to keep using you make a couple a year and you can almost it's not the same living as a series by any name um, financially mm -hmm. speaking, but it's enough to it's enough to have a life and, and to be around to raise your kids and yeah. so that was what dater's handbook uh because i remember megan and i were both sitting we would have these things i'd call my wife and i'd be like we're going on a fake date babe and she's like um okay who is this person <laughs> and i was like it's megan markle she's the girl from suits and so and we but megan and i would sit there and talk about kind of our desires uh for the future and what we wanted to do and both of us uh didn't really plan on on doing many more hallmark movies after that um but the response from the audience and this world, now that was, we filmed it in 2015 and then it aired in February of 2016. And I got to be honest, I feel like there was like a generation um, that Hallmark was entering into where it became like, it, it sort of caught a zeitgeist and it just became mm -hmm. a part of the, the pop culture vernacular. And um, it's certainly... I don't know. Like I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed becoming a resident at Hallmark um, and being a staple for them to use because it's just been, it's just a treat to go on and do these movies. And of course, yeah. as far as, as far as that movie goes, Megan and I had a blast uh, working together and, and I was, so we, you know, um, she was single when we were doing that movie and a few months later she met Harry and I remember getting a text from her saying, I met somebody and I had been giving her like advice. I was oh like, hey, you're in the world and you've got to like find the guy you want. You can't just sell you at it, you know? And so we were, I was giving her all this kind of advice and, and to be really honest with you for the actors who know me or for people, the audience who knows me, a lot of it was like biblical, you know, like I was mm -hmm. like telling her to hang on and wait and, and just, I was giving her some pretty serious adult sage advice. And so when she met, um, she couldn't tell me obviously who we <laughs> met, but then the day that it was announced in the press, which was I think October of that same of 2016, mm -hmm. um, she sent me a text and she was like, I gotta go. <laughs> and that was kind of it, sadly. Like, I guess she disappeared yeah. the planet wherever they're off mm -hmm. onto. But, um, but yeah, it was always, it was fun to be a part of that story a little bit. That is so fun. That is really cool. <laughs> That's really cool. So that was my, that was my takeaway from Dater's Handbook. Cool. Great. Uh, so, Anne, what's your next pick? My next one is Hearts of Christmas. Okay. So mm -hmm. I really like Emily Ullerup. And um, this one, you're like the bad man of business, which is uh, different than most of the other ones. Um, but you're like trying to like slash people's jobs and like take out money and stuff, which isn't super, super fun. But she, her joy and her love, you know, softens you. And um, that's what I really liked about it. So... Yeah, yeah. it's a Christmas movie. I mean, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have that a little higher. So uh, my number five is Pearl in Paradise. Okay. Uh, I I like it. I think it's really fun. It's different. It's in Fiji. It's, uh, but I I I think I like you better a little bit on more on the cocky side versus the nerdy side. Okay. But you are the nerdy side in Pearl in Paradise. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, and, uh, but you have great chemistry with Jill. That one, it's, it's, it's a fun movie. I just like Christmas movies better. So. Okay. So it's just the fact that it wasn't Christmas that it kind of got ranked <laughs> a little lower for you. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, okay. Let me address, um, 
Okay, so I'll, I'll talk about Pearl and Paradise this round. Okay, and, all right. And then when we get to Hearts of Christmas, I'll throw in some. But it's interesting in, because um, Dater's Handbook was the first Hallmark movie I did, and Hearts of Christmas was the second uh, Hallmark movie I did. And I remember doing Hearts of Christmas and getting a call from the executives, and they were like, they were like, for your third one, um, we'd like you to do more what you did in Dater's Handbook and not so much what you did in Hearts of Christmas. <laughs> They're like, we didn't really like you as well. And I think, and I was like, well, I was playing a bad guy. Like, you know, the role was like- You yeah. commit, was, you commit to the, the dark like, and the bad. <laughs> yeah, I was like, he was George Clooney and up in the, uh, uh, up in the air, what was that movie? With yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. 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 Go around and slash jobs. I'm like, he was really kinda, good at firing people. I kind of liked that you were a nice man of business. Like, I mean, you were a bad man of business, but a reformed bad man of business. Yeah, I mean, he, was, he was a bad, he had a bad job, but a heart of gold. Yeah. yeah. Um, I liked but, it. I thought it okay. was, it was refreshing. Okay. Well, then let's talk, we'll talk about Hearts of Christmas and we'll get to Pearl and Paradise when it hits the answer. <laughs> okay. so Hearts of Christmas. Um, the other thing, so Emily, uh, Emilia Ulrup, Emilia, uh, she, her father worked for the, um, she's from, I guess she's Denmark, so she's Danish. Yeah. yeah. Um, and her father worked for the Danish royal family. And so for the, for the two Hallmark movies I'd done at that point, royalty was a part of both of them, which oh, was wow. really <laughs> weird. Like, is there some kind of thing? Because it's crown media. Oh, yeah. It's all of a sudden yeah. I thought that you had to somehow be affiliated with European Oh, that's funny. Say, working on the network. Um, and then she taught me how to say Merry Christmas in uh, Danish, which I still remember, it's Gladly Yule. Oh. Yeah. And then the other person that, the other kind of cool, um, Sharon Lawrence obviously was in that movie. She's yeah. a rock star and an amazing actor. Um, and Monica Mitchell directed it. And Monica mm -hmm. Mitchell from uh, Independent Film World, and she's a really incredible director. Out of, she's American, but she lives in Canada now. And um, do you guys remember the Netflix Christmas movie about the prince? Mm -hmm. the, the night that goes back, like the jumps to the Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Vanessa Hudgens movie. Mm -hmm. Vanessa Hudgens, yeah, she directed that. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, and so, uh, yeah, and so she, and she said something to me that was really interesting because my whole agenda at that point had been, so I don't know if you guys know my career before Hallmark movies, but there was, I had done seven series on television. Yeah. I had done a show called North Shore on Fox, and then I did Life Unexpected on the CW, and this other show called Valentine, and then Ringer with Sarah Michelle Gellar, and Made in Jersey, and then I was on Backstrom, and I was burnt out. Like I had, I was like commuting, you know, from Canada back home, and only seeing my kids on the weekends, and um, it was awful. Like it was a terrible sort of existence, even though the money is fantastic, and uh, but it was one of those things where it just the price of admission wasn't worth it anymore. Right. And so one of my goals was to make independent movies. And so I'd written this script, which was really intense and dramatic and heavy. And um, someone dies in the end kind of deal. And I remember meeting Monica Mitchell. And she says, I absolutely have faith that one day you will produce and direct your own movies. And she's like, but in the meantime, how many people are going to go see an independent film? Like how many, if you go and, and do all this work, and it's going to take you about three years of your life how many people are going to go see that movie? And I was like, oh, she's like, maybe you'll make a million dollars, which equates to about, I think if you do the box office numbers, a million dollars is like um, 10,000 people. What is 10? Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, think about the, maybe it's a, maybe it's a hundred thousand people. will see your movie if you make, I mean, it's interesting to start seeing, how many people mm -hmm. go see a movie based on the box office revenue versus how many people watch television. And she's like, when you do something that's populist, that's for the public, people are watching your movies and these little Hallmark movies, like 3 million people watch it on the airing on the night it airs. And then with, when they start repeating it the way that they do by the end of the life of these movies, oh, you've got so many. 80, yeah. I mean, they oh like 80 million people, like 80 million individual households watch Hallmark throughout the course of the year. So at any given point in time, close to 80 million people are seeing each one of these films based on how much they replay it. That's a huge number of, like, that's a massive audience. Um, and I didn't, I wasn't aware of that until Monica had mentioned that. And all of a sudden mm. that was one of the, I was like, huh, that's really wow. like, this is actually, 
you're reaching a much larger audience, you know, yeah. in regarding these movies than you are. Well, we're Even certainly like glad. Yeah, yes, you did. Are. That's for sure. Uh, that was so, a Christmas story. I'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. They're the good folks over at Care of, and they make getting vitamins and supplements easy and hassle-free. They can come right to your door, so you don't have to go out shopping or take any kind of risk to go get your vitamins. They come right to you. And what's really nice is that you can take their online quiz. And you answer some questions about your diet, your health goals, and your lifestyle, and they recommend the vitamins that will be the most helpful for you. And so, for instance, I took the quiz, and it only, like I said, it only takes a few minutes, and they, we were able to narrow down some things that will help me, hopefully, with my sleep, because that's one of my biggest health problems, is that I have a hard time uh, with my sleep uh, issues. And uh, so it's really great. They come to you right to your door and you get these little packets that you uh you can take every day and so if you are want to put some in your purse or you're traveling or something like that uh they're very 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 easy for you to take and uh and it's just really positive very personal there's a great attention to detail they have great quality that you can see and taste they focus on quality science and research that goes into each of their products and recommendations they are their yummy protein powders are made with wholesome ingredients you can recognize like organic cocoa and pink himalayan sea salt i've been really impressed with what i've been sent uh and what i've tried and i think that it's something that uh can help you to uh, to have more energy, to feel better, depending on the vitamins that you are in need of. Just, it's something that can improve your health, and uh, it's something that will help you to be your best and to be be healthy. So I recommend taking the quiz, getting the vitamins that you need, and uh, and checking out Care Of. Uh, for 25% off each of your first three months of Care Of, go to takecareof.com slash hallmarkies25. Enter code hallmarkies25. That's 25% off each of your first three months of Care Of. Go to takecareof.com slash hallmarkies25. Enter code hallmarkies25. Uh, so, Anne, what do you have at number four? I have Small Town Christmas. Same with me. Oh, okay. Uh, Yeah, I mean, you got Charming Bookstore. And then I was talking with Rachel before this. This is, I think, the only movie where you are like a father figure, which was uh, really nice to see. And I think really sweet. Um, And I love Christmas sweaters. So I love love men in Christmas sweaters. So all of these, I like that. But that's just something, I don't know. I like on the poster, y'all both have Christmas sweaters. So I think about it more with this one. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's a a sweet movie. It's really good. And I like Ashley too. She's, She's great. Yeah, she's awesome. Ashley's great. Right. And you guys had a really good kiss in this movie, I think. It set it apart. You, you liked it? I did, yeah. <laughs> in the snow and all. and <laughs> I'm a fan. That's just sweet. Um, uh, yeah, it was, it was cute. And yeah, the interactions with, the, with, your, da- with your niece, I guess it was, yeah. um, in the story was really good. And yeah, otherwise, there's just a heartwarming little Christmas movie. I liked you doing the whole Jimmy Stewart thing. It worked for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about the, the line, did you know they can milk almonds, Haley? I didn't know they can milk an almond. He asked her almond milk. Yeah. A little improv. Um, McClain Nelson was the director of that, who's a great guy. His wife, Claire, um, she's also a director. They're like a little power team. And Ashley was fantastic to work with in that movie. And yeah, I got to do Jimmy Stewart. I think I told you guys the story. If not, mm-hmm. I could tell it here again. I remember when I got the script, all I could hear was Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> and so I told my agent and I said, yeah, I got the offer. And they were like, do you want to do it? And I said, I'll tell you what, if they let me do Jimmy Stewart, I'm, I'm in 100%. And he laughed. He was like, ha, ha, ha. you're so funny. I was like, no, 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 I'm serious. And he's like, are you really serious? I was like, yeah, you should just let them know that like, as long if, if I'm if they're cool with me doing that and so I got there and I met um McLean and he was like so do you really want to do are we ta- like how Jimmy Stewart are we talking about <laughs> and I was like I mean you know it should just have like a vibe like an essence of and and so he had this little dial where 
you know, if it was too Jimmy Stewart, he'd be like, you got to go towards Chris a little bit or, so uh-huh. it was fun. And that was a really fun yeah. project to work on. It was on. good. Yeah. All right. And what's your number three? Uh, my number three is Pearl in Paradise. Yes. I, I love this movie. I, I love traveling. And so I've never been to Fiji, but I felt like I went to Fiji when I watched this movie. It's just so beautiful. And, uh, you know, this movie is what helped you and Jill get Mystery 101 because the chemistry yeah. is just fantastic. I mean, it's just like, wow. Like, it's just really, really good. Cool. And I thought it was hilarious. You as a nerd, I thought it was so funny. Like when you fall down that thing, it's so funny to me. I have to rewind it when I watch it because I think it's hysterical. So I thought that was really good. Yeah. And uh, waterfalls and it's just really pretty. It's a, it's a good movie. Yes, yeah, so we have different. swapped because I have Hearts of Christmas at three. Oh, okay. Oh, do you really? Yeah, yeah I do. <laughs> so funny. I liked, I thought it was refreshing to have a man of business that's actually the good guy i liked it it was something different and uh i i liked the whole story of the letters getting all the letters from the different patients that Mm -hmm. i thought that was very sweet and uh you sort of honor especially you know lately thinking about honoring essential workers and that's huge in that movie and i i've always i've actually said for a long time that i think it's one of the more underrated uh of the uh, recent hallmark christmas movies i i think it's really good and uh and you know i i like amelia she's good and uh it has a pretty good tree uh tree scene tree mm-hmm. tree getting seen i remember that right right we have the snow <laughs> right we have a snowball fight mm-hmm. right yes. out of the woods in a christmas sweater question for you <laughs> underrated do they not show it as often as they show other ones um, I'm not sure about scheduling, but I just feel like it's not one of those ones that's really talked about. Like, yeah. I think it's a billion times better than the Finding movies, Finding Father Christmas movies, and yeah. those are talked about all the time. <laughs> and actually, yes, now that you say that, I don't see it on the schedule that much. Like, I, I yeah. don't think I. Yeah. Well, we might be uncovering. Um, we might be uncovering some kind of underbelly of how the business works, but I only have made residuals on hearts of christmas oh. and i'm wondering i'm wondering what contract was used um because it might be more expensive for them to air that movie and so then i wonder if there's not a, a level of movies where they, if they own the whole thing outright they replay it more frequently um uh, i would love to know all the behind the scenes I and would stuff too, like that that makes sense. A lot of times they, we feel like they play the same movies over and over. And maybe that's why, because it costs yeah. them more to play the other movies that they never show. <laughs> so, yeah. that, might that, be, that might be a part of it. That might be interesting. Okay. Um, uh, Hearts of Christmas. Cause yeah. did I talk about Hearts? I did. Yeah. Pearl in Paradise. Um, obviously Jill and I, obviously Fiji. I brought my wife and kids. That's um, so it was, fun. It was kind of sad. My father-in-law had passed away in April and we shot that in May. And so mm-hmm. it was an interesting family trip we went and sort of grieved out but being in a totally foreign location especially one as beautiful and exotic and distant as Fiji is um, had a lot of therapeutic value and I remember one day specifically my wife uh, and I rented a boat to take our kids out to this wave called cloud break which is one of the world's largest it's out in the middle of the ocean about a mile and a half off of the shore uh, and so you have to take a little motorboat out to it. And then you just kind of, if you don't, we weren't surfing it, but we just wanted the kids to see it. And um, it really is, it made my son, our little guy at the time was seven. It made him start to cry. It was so big. Mm-hmm. And Julianne was so cool. She was like, well, why don't we invite Jill? You know, she's just here too. And she's got no one and we're going to go do this thing. And it's just, we, got, we have room in the boat. And so we invited Jill and it became a really special trip for like for Jill and I as a, as working friends but then also for julianne and jill to bond up and so that when we do our mystery 101 they have a friendship um and when i know her husband dave and it just becomes like so much easier to to yeah. sort of function together yeah. because when it's become it's truly a community it's a family um, and so that was fun pearl in paradise was fun specifically for the fact that we shot in fiji and of course the people there were amazing um and that scene where i fell I dropped off a lip of a mountain. So that was me falling onto a, I did actually just jump off a thing, but then the guy, a stunt man tumbled down for me. Okay. Um, yeah. And then I landed <laughs> it. 
at the end, I kind of rolled down and landed it. And when I landed, there were these centipedes that must have been a foot and a half long. I mean, oh it was my like God. Weird. <laughs> Everything was alive in Fiji, on the land and in the sea. Yeah. Oh, man. That's funny. <laughs> uh, so, Anne, what's your number two? My number two is Double Holiday. Oh, we're going to have the same. Oh, okay. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, this movie is refreshing. It's fresh. This is like never been done before, basically. And I don't know that much about Hanukkah because I'm a Christian. And so that was cool. And I thought the mentor thing you'd had going on was really cool. And I don't want to say too much. I'll let uh, Rachel say some stuff about no, it. I, no, it's really good. Yeah, I agree. I really liked your whole sort of like putting your feet on his on her desk. And, <laughs> and like, yeah. just I, like I said, I like cocky Paloha better than <laughs> nerdy Paloha. And, uh, and I, I just feel like you were from the very beginning, you were, were trying to kind of, you were trying to get her attention. And, and, and it was fun. And you could tell that that you were had been really into her for a long time as the character yes and yeah. uh, and so you're basically like oh i'll i'll go to the, your family let's let's meet your family let's do it i'm in yeah. i'm in it's great yeah i also liked the your boss i thought she was hilarious though she was like scared of children oh yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah that was funny that made me laugh really, and i yeah. nina's writing was just on point in that we love Nina, and uh, and she, I thought she did a great job with that script. And uh, I I thought you know when you're singing the Hanukkah song, I thought that was a really oh, yeah. lovely little moment. And yeah. I at least didn't feel like they. I felt like it was more a Hanukkah movie than a Christmas movie mm-hmm. to me. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, I think a lot. It's interesting. A lot of the critics at the time, um, we hit we hit at a really weird time for Hallmark because that was the same time the Zola commercial mm-hmm. come out. We hit mm-hmm. that came out all that sort of yeah. s- scandal, if you will, hit a week before our movie yeah. premiered, um, yeah. and it didn't necessarily affect the ratings too much. But but had that not been a part of the conversation, I think that that movie would have fared a lot better. Um, mm-hmm. But I, you know, it was a wonderful movie. Nina did a fantastic job telling that story. Carly Pope. Uh, who played Rachel yes. was just this, she's a wonderful, wonderful mm-hmm. actor, um, just legit and good and equally amazing person. So we had a blast working together. Um, and what's funny is I'm in touch with all of the women I've worked with. Like <laughs> Megan and I keep in touch. We have our agent in common. So we do keep in touch via our agent. Um, Jill and I obviously are shooting mystery One Hundred and One together. Lindy Booth was on the Palaha Chautauqua recently um, so she and I are still in conversation. Amelia Ullerup and I, um, we don't necessarily, we're not, like I texted her though when she had her baby, like mm-hmm. for those big life events, like we reach out to one another. Um, yeah, Carly and I are still in touch. Um, and Ashley and I are, yeah, we're constantly like, when are we going to do Small Town Christmas where we get married and have come back from our book um, tour? Because it's like be those fun. characters are so much fun, right? Like, Small Town yeah. Christmas Part Two, but it takes place in like a Bavarian village or something in Europe. Oh, that would um, be great. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, Double Holiday was a treat for that. And then the other personal story that was cool was that my manager, who has been with me uh, professionally since I was a junior in college. Wow. Wow. She was a Gersh agent and represented my like my sort of you know, not my first agent, but right there, like the first and longest, um, uh, and has been with me in now she's my manager, but I asked her, I said, what is the Hanukkah prayer, the blessing? And she was on vacation in the South of France and she locked herself into her bathroom and sang me this, the Hanukkah blessing. And so I have her singing in this beautiful voice. I called her up and I was like, Sally, your voice is gorgeous. And she's like, ah. <laughs> so it was sweet. So that was kind of the fun. Oh, that's cool. Fun part of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's really neat. And you could feel that heart behind it. And I, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's great. So our number one, our favorite. Yes. I don't care what Dan thinks and check <laughs> the hallmark. We really love Rocky Mountain right. Christmas. Yes, it's the best. And this one has, I admit, some degree of nostalgia for me because it was the first Christmas that we uh, covered uh, Christmas on the podcast 2017. And this was the first 
movie that I felt like I really kind of defended uh, because the coast at the time, the coast at the time, Amber, she didn't like it. Oh my God. <laughs> she didn't like What's it. Wrong with her? And I don't know. I don't know. And I liked it. And so I defended it. And I put it in my top 10 that year. And I, I guess what I liked, there were a lot of things that I liked. I liked the fact that, uh, that uh, you had this relationship with Treat Williams' character. And particularly that whole scene when he is uh, sitting down talking about his ticket how he looks at yes. it remembers he made the decision to yeah. to be with his his wife and i loved that scene i Beautiful. also just loved the ending when i when it's raining and there's the christmas parade and the rain and he, you're coming up on your steed and, and it was great i mean that's that's what Perfect. i want in a christmas movie yeah, <laughs> yeah. and uh i don't know I, I i love you and lindy and i loved chris mcnally as her brother he was so dreamy to me right that was, <laughs> that was the whole dream, the baby chris dream. yeah yeah the baby for the, the day yeah 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 and uh so i i don't know i just really enjoyed it it's it's one i i like so uh yeah what do you like about ann um, I, I'm a sucker for a, like, celebrity movie star falls for a regular person, because no matter what anybody says, everybody has kind of, like, had that daydream or thought or whatever, um, and so the fact that that's the storyline is really cool, and, um, you kind of got the cocky thing going on, like Rachel likes, <laughs> uh, which is good, I, I mean, I like it too, I think you do it really well, and, um, and then, you know, you just kind of, it's kind of like a slowly kind of like, you know, start to really see each other and like fall for each other. And I love Treat Williams. He's great. Yeah. And um, I just, I just loved it. I thought your chemistry with Lindy is great. And I just, I really like Lindy a lot too. I think she's really great. Yeah. Uh, she's amazing. But yeah. Just, just a fun, sweet Christmas movie. Like everything you want when you sit down and watch a Christmas movie, that's exactly what it was. And that's, 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 yeah. that's winning. Oh, and I love it's the ending there. with the colored Christmas trees. Oh right, right. Where he mm-hmm. goes out and decorates all of the Christmas trees, and that was a kiss. That was a big mm-hmm. kiss. That was a good kiss. That was a big smooch. Yeah, good one. The camera kept rolling, and Lindy at one point was like, "Should we keep kissing?" And I was like, I, I mean, <laughs> "Yes, until they call cut." <laughs> we were smooching for a while on that one. Yeah. Um, Lindy Booth is a genius. She's, uh, I think that she's a wonderful actor, and I think that if she were in like a My Girl Friday. We always joked. I was like, we should we should pitch one of these where it's the cadence and everything from like a Cary Grant, you know, uh, I guess those were the fifties, late forties, early fifties kind of movie where it's just the real fast banter because she can get into this character like everything's whip smart, everything's this kid, everything's that kid, and, and <laughs> a lot of fun. Like so that was fun. We're gonna retreat. Obviously, has more stories. He told me stories about a trip that he and Robert De Niro and Christopher Walken. Um, that he and Christopher Walken and Robert De Niro took to Cuba back in the day. Oh and gosh. they got a oh flat tire and he was the only one who knew how to change a tire. And so just, I mean, oh. he had these amazing stories and he would, wow. he was free to share. I, I mean, I was like, tell me what else, what else, who else you got? What else? You got? <laughs> um, and then obviously Mike Larkin was the producer on that. And he and I got along so well that we're producing uh, Trouble in Paradise, which is the one summer film that's going to come out eventually somewhere with the film at first. Um, and then it was also the highest rated uh, yes. Christmas movie that year. And it yeah. kind of won the night on all across all the uh, sort of platforms, which is a big deal. Mm-hmm. So that was, it was, it was received well uh, that evening, the, the night it aired. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I really enjoyed it. Anne really enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> you got ranked number one. I'll tell you. Yeah. Number one. Weird. I love that you guys are like, I love that this process isn't as, uh, you're like, you know, I, we like you better when you're cocky and less. Uh, <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No taken. You know, but for the record, and I know this is kind of foreboding at this point, or maybe even taboo, um, Pearl in Paradise, because this was before all of that stuff hit the fan. Um, but it was based on Woody Allen because he was a New York writer. Oh. So I was like, well, why don't I make him kind of like like a neurotic New Yorker kind of? Yeah, you know? I can see that. And so that's where that guy came from. And then, of course, the Me Too movement happened and all the information about all this uh, guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So what do you think of our rankings? I think your rankings are awesome. I mean, yeah. I, I, 
I have the hardest time putting things down. Like it'd be like saying, which is your favorite kid? Right. <laughs> right. But, yeah. Um, there is a special place in my heart for Rocky Mountain Christmas because it really was, it was the third film that I'd done. So the first was Dater's Handbook, which was magical in its own, for its own purposes. The second was uh, Hearts of Christmas, which I really didn't have a sense of, of what Hallmark was or what the audience really was looking for what, or who I was within that. And so the first time that I kind of zeroed in on what I was wanting to accomplish, um, through Hallmark and on Hallmark was with Rocky Mountain Christmas and really went for it as far as acting goes and as far as like coming up with characters and deciding to play things a little differently than like Robert Zappia is me like that's who I am like the Data's Handbook character uh -huh. be like we were on a date with Christopher Palaha like back in the day and I don't know that I would take you to a gym but like all of the that was just my energy and and I think Megan and I were just having a lot of fun as two actors. And then Amelia, um, with Hearts of Christmas, I really was in a weird corner because he was a, he was technically a bad guy. He was a good guy, but he was doing a bad thing. Like he was his, he was cutting, he was firing people at Christmas time, and I felt like it was only right to play that, like, absolutely the way that it you know, you, one would play in real life, which is I'm here to do a job and I'm not here to flirt and I'm not here to be. And right. so, and I, I think he was diminished uh, because of that choice, um, given the circumstance, given the network, given the, you know what I mean? When you're acting, you have to know who your audience is. Mm -hmm. um, but then with Rocky Mountain Christmas, I was like, all right, let's go for it. Let's have fun and be super charming and be a little arrogant and be a little thing, but like attractive and, and, and have fun with it. And I think it, um, I'm happy too with the way that that movie turned out and that whole process. And then of course, Pearl in Paradise led to the mystery cycle, which has been amazing. Small Town Christmas was amazing because I got to do the Jimmy Stewart thing. Um, and then Double Holiday I thought was amazing because it was a message movie about, you know, it was, it was reaching across the aisle to the Jewish community and I thought mm -hmm. it was important and I thought we did a good job with it. So I'm proud of it. Yeah. So there's nothing on this list that I'm embarrassed about, <laughs> which is uh, not entirely true for the rest of my career. There are a few things I shouldn't have done that movie. That was terrible. And sometimes you have to sometimes you have to pay the pay the pay the bills. So exactly. I get it. Sometimes you just say yes. Um, and your rankings, to be honest, the only one that you guys disagreed on are you agreed on number six, uh, you agreed on number four, you agreed on number two, and you agreed on number one. So yeah. it's just the Rachel, interchange. You explained, yeah, Pearl in Paradise because it wasn't Christmas, but. Mm -hmm. So I, I can I can stand behind your ranking, and I'm honored that you guys even ranked the films. That means <laughs> yeah. a lot to me. It's well, thank fun. you so much for coming and doing this. We really appreciate it. And uh, do you want to share your social media uh, if people want to follow you and all? Uh, you do your haikus and all that fun stuff. <laughs> sure. Yeah, you're so sweet, Rachel. Um, <laughs> so on Twitter, I'm Chris Palaha, which is K R I S P O L A H A. Um, and I've been doing a little daily haiku, um, or I call them palahaku, <laughs> um, <laughs> which I got to be honest with you, the last month has been brutal. Like, it's just, I'm yeah. trying so hard. To, yeah, it's just, there's been so much to it's talk hard. about. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, it's been, we, we're, our country's in a really uh, precarious and, and necessary moment. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot to talk about. Um, and so trying to do something that's encouraging and, and uplifting, but relevant and important at the same time and not ignore what's going on yeah. has been a cool challenge. Um, and then on Instagram, it is Polahaha. So P-O-L-A-H-A-H-A. -H -A. And um, I've been doing, they're on, I'm on hiatus for the summer, but I've been doing a, a Polaha Chautauqua every Friday. Have you guys been able to see those yet? Yeah, I've been able to see some of them. Yeah. It's really like, good. I like it. Yeah, fun little things where I'll get some friends to come on and we'll talk about certain things. And, and oh, Chautauqua yeah. Was, a, yeah, it was an old Native American sort of gathering uh, weekend where people would come and trade, you know, goods and ideas and poetry and art and music. And so I thought, well, how, how cool would that be for quarantine? To, genuinely, it started out of a need to communicate with the rest of the world and, and yeah. see what other people were going through. Um, and then it kind of took on a life of its own and it's been this fun little thing, but 
um, I'm taking a break for the summer because it's a lot. You guys, what you do, it's intense putting a show together. It's intense organizing <laughs> everything and thinking about it. The doing yeah. of it is the easiest part of what you uh, what you guys do. So I have a whole new respect yeah. for you, Rachel. <laughs> I appreciate you ladies so much. Oh, Thank you. We appreciate you. And, and we look forward to that scoop. <laughs> yes. 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 Um, you hold me <laughs> on that. special Remind scoop. Me, oh, I as soon will. As, the paper, as soon as the paperwork is done and I figure out how I'm going to um, – start to tease it out to the audience but it really is a it's quite a thing and i'm excited about it i'm really mm. proud of it well awesome. have a great christmas in july yes uh, enjoy <laughs> i think we're all ready for a little christmas in july yeah. aren't we? oh yes yes we're like yeah we'll take it <laughs> definitely um all right ladies well, all right so thanks so much you having me on all right thank we'll, you so we'll, much we'll talk to you later okay bye rachel okay. bye, have a, bye. have a good day bye